Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Youth Talk Media Sportscast, the best sports podcast which shares a name with the trivia team from January 2019 at O'Rourke's Public House in South Bend, Indiana. You might think that we'd be good at sports trivia, and you'd be right. I'm Lucas Mason Moyer, and alongside me are my co-hosts, Jared Ludecker and Aiden Lewis. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Same. Feeling good. Ready to talk some football. Good to hear. <laughs> good. All right, Jared, what do we have on tap today? We're going to start out, of course, with our beloved Fighting Irish. Go, go. go Indy. You know, how, you go know Irish. how it goes on this podcast by now, <laughs> if you've been listening. So, um, so we're going to run through Notre Dame's Camping World Bowl. Super exciting matchup against Iowa State. Go through um, the top four. Uh, I'll argue why 14 playoff is the correct number. We'll and while some... you're wrong about that, <laughs> I would like to interject. There you Just go. Wait, yeah. um, and we're going to look at some intriguing bowl matchups, some maybe some lopsided ones that have some clear winners and losers, as well as some funny bowl names just for the heck of it at the end. So, Of course, we're going to start off, though, with Notre Dame taking on Iowa State and the Camping World Bowl in Orlando, Florida. It's going to be a raucous scene, I'm sure. Um, the place is gonna. The place is just gonna be absolute bananas, um, because because it's such an interesting matchup between Notre Dame and Iowa State. And if you can't hear the sarcasm in my voice, allow me to make it a little more plain. I'm pissed off that we're facing a five lost Iowa State Cyclones <laughs> team from the Big Twelve. Kind of a weak weaker conference this year too. You know, uh, I just don't think it's really that intriguing of a matchup, especially for. A two-loss Notre Dame team. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the game? I think in terms of five-loss teams, Iowa State's pretty legit. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> yeah. the bar there is not the highest. Uh, but, I mean, do I, I think it could be a competitive game. I don't know if, you know, that's good for Notre Dame or not, given that either way, if they lose to a 7-5 and five team or even have a close game to a 7-5 and five team, they're going to catch some flack for it. But... Iowa State played close to Oklahoma. They played close to Baylor. They beat Texas. They've been pretty solid, but they still have five losses. So I don't know. Yeah. No, I like. I tend to agree with you. Like, I think that that, like you said, not that it's like a high bar to clear, but of the five loss teams, like they lost to the a playoff team and then number seven ranked Baylor by one and two points respectively, which is impressive. They like thwomped thwomped they like beat some really good teams um not really good teams but decently caliber uh football teams pretty convincingly they beat tcu by 25 you know tcu's not great hovering around 500 but that's impressive they beat west virginia by 24 there were some hiccups in there you know they did barely beat northern iowa 29 26 in overtime which is not a great sign and that was triple ot excuse know. me yeah <laughs> yeah okay okay um yeah but and then iowa i don't know but then another close loss against number 16 iowa 18 to 17 so it's a combined five points against teams ranked in the top 17 that they lost by so i think they could give notre dame a good fight and i don't know if that's something i love to see <laughs> you don't you don't want to see that no i mean like if notre dame, like regardless of how close they've played these teams, if Notre Dame plays a 7-5 and five team and barely escapes, it's going to look bad. Like, it doesn't matter how good of a 7-5 and five team that is. It's just going to reinforce so much negative stuff that's said about Notre Dame. Yeah, and I feel like even... It kind of feels like if we win or lose, who who even cares? It doesn't feel like the, <laughs> that's like the stamp on the season that says it's a, it's a success. 
or a failure, you know? I, I, I just... It just seems so insignificant, and I, I wonder how hard it's going to be for the players to get up for this game, if you know you know what I mean. Yeah. That's a problem with actually be... caring, yeah, and yeah. seeing if we show up, and if we don't show up, Iowa State has a chance to, you know, make a... They've clearly shown up for their semi-big games, right? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. This could be a, a concerning one. It's going to be the least compelling 11-2 record ever if they win. Like, that's like a record that would normally get you ranked, like, top 8, top 9, but I cannot see Notre Dame being ending the season ranked higher than, like, 12th if they win yeah. their game, like, at best. This one's straight chalk for the season, so... <laughs> yeah, no, the limit on our ranking is going to be Michigan, because no one's going to rank us ahead of Michigan. Like, Michigan's 9-3, and three, but they're still a spot ahead of us. And they, you can't really make a great argument for why they should be behind us. So we're not going any higher than, than they are. And, you know, so we're probably going to be hovering around 14-15 in the season end poll in the best case. So You think if Michigan loses to Bama and Notre Dame beats Iowa State that 9-4, and four, Michigan is ahead of 11-2 Notre Dame? <laughs> Wait, you you said if Michigan beats, or no loses to loses to oh. Bama? Oh no, they win. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like the ultimate slap in the face to like <laughs> Notre Dame if they had two like they won two more games than Michigan and we're still behind them. <laughs> but but if Michigan if Michigan beats Bama, and we win our game, we're we're gonna be ranked higher than Bama. When, when was the last time that happened? That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. This this week is the lowest they've ever been ranked in the college football playoff era, which is wild. Yeah. It is wild. It's Like I said last week, though, it's refreshing to see them not there, to be honest. When I was in the Austin airport for six hours yesterday, I watched like almost the entirety of the Bull Reveal show So um, on ESPN, and they were talking about how... Um, they're like, they can't believe how Bama's ranked so low. that They're just, like, completely disrespecting them. But, like, they lost to literally the only two good teams they played. And they beat nobody. Like, honestly, they shouldn't even be ranked higher than Notre Dame. I'll say it. They have zero, like, convincing wins. They have zero top 25 wins over teams currently in the top 25. And the only two ranked teams they played, they lost. Albeit in close games. But, like, Notre Dame has, I think, two wins over teams currently ranked in the top 25 in Navy and USC. So, I mean, not that those are, like, great victories, but it's something. Like, I don't know. Bama always gets the eye test benefit of the doubt. But, they like, I firmly disagree with the ESPN pundits that they're, like, shocked that Alabama's ranked 13. They're a 10-2 <laughs> team who lost the only two good teams. Who lost to the only two good teams they played. Like Same with us, though. Yeah, it's the, the same thing. Yeah. Only- same story. <laughs> but we have ranked wins. They don't. Yeah, they're 20... What? What is it? 22 and 23, though, you know? Yeah. In I, their I, defense... I, do you think... Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, they've played... Their losses are better. I mean, our Georgia loss was good, obviously. The Michigan loss is, like, just... Yeah. We're, we obviously weren't coming back from that in terms of reputation. And, I mean, losing to LSU by a few and losing to Auburn by a few is, you know looks a little better than being destroyed by Michigan, you know? So yeah, I can understand it, but yes, I think analysts are going to have a, just in terms of the, the usual, what's, you know, been the norm, like they're going to really struggle with this for a little while. So yeah. But, yeah. and let's look at teams behind Alabama. Do you think university of Iowa is better than Alabama this year? Do you think Memphis is better than Alabama? 
I'll put in a so. case for Memphis. I'm a big group of five. <laughs> I, I'm advocates. with you. Yes, 12... agreed. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll we'll get to that later. When we talk yeah, about Memphis in their bowl game, yeah. getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Returning to the point we're currently on about Notre Dame, like I'm just so underwhelmed. Like I'll watch the game. It'll be fun. But I like. Will it? It's yeah. just like. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just going to be the most, like, mess stamp on a mess season. Like, yeah. I've never felt less, like, I would never feel less enthralled by, like, an 11-2 and two season, which, like, yeah. by all accounts is, like, an excellent season of football. But, yeah. And the thing is, I would I would enjoy watching us against a good team in a bowl game. Like, I think we, like, we played strong the second half. We didn't really play anyone super legit, but we, like, we didn't really have any close wins, like... Virginia Tech was the closest one, right? But pretty much everything else was was a blowout. Like, I think we could like actually play a good game if we're not in hurricane like weather. So, like, <laughs> I think, you know, it would have been interesting to have a good matchup, and this is just yeah, like to have something to prove at least. So, and that's not there in this game. Yeah, if we lose, though, we should drop out of the top twenty-five. I'm hearing no <laughs> arguments to the contrary. No, I one hundred percent okay with that. Yeah. Uh, but while Notre Dame might not be making it uh, to a fun, interesting, exciting bowl game this year, there were four teams that did when they made the playoff. <laughs> in number one, LSU; number two, Ohio State; number three, Clemson; and number four, Oklahoma. In which is the case of pretty much the same people rotating, making it every year. <laughs> I um, I saw like a, a post from uh, RCFB, or the good folks over at Reddit, that was like, the college football playoff has been three of the four from the group, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Ohio State, and Alabama. And then one just random other teams. Like, this year was LSU. The year before, <laughs> yeah. it was Notre Dame. The year before, I don't remember who, but it's been in other years past. It's been Washington and Michigan yeah. State. Or just, like, some other team that makes a random one-off appearance. And then three of those teams from that group before. So, I don't know. At least they're all consistent. I have to give them that. But <laughs> True. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. It's I don't mind it. It's definitely refreshing to see new teams come in, but you can't penalize them if they go and if a high state Clemson and LSU go undefeated, what are you going to do? You know, um, you're the, obviously the choice was pretty easy for the committee. Um, yeah. though I think that Oklahoma doesn't really have any shot in my opinion. Uh, like I think LSU, Ohio state and Clemson are kind of just on their own level. Um, yeah. I think, and I think they're all pretty close in my opinion. Um, but yeah. I don't think Oklahoma really has any shot. <laughs> no, I saw or something may, or maybe, on. Maybe Baylor is better than I than I'm giving them credit for too. But uh, um, Baylor's third string quarterback ripped apart Oklahoma. <laughs> in the, yeah, in the yeah. No, I, yeah. I feel like we don't really know how good Big Twelve schools are. I don't know. I feel like they're pretty isolated. I mean, they play each other obviously because they're conference. But like, like Oklahoma hasn't, hasn't played anyone out of conference. Like Ivan's Baylor didn't really play anyone out of conference legit. So like they've all been playing each other and, you know, had close competitive games, but I don't know. I haven't seen much from, yeah, from Oklahoma to see that they could keep up with, you know, the top three here. So I, again, the other day I saw another post on RCFB, good folks over at Reddit, that one of the top posts the other day was something like from a Notre Dame fan. Um, last year I had to put up, 
with them talking about how we were going to get slapped for three straight weeks. So Oklahoma fans know that you'll have to put up with it too, and they'll all be exactly right. Like, you'll just get <laughs> absolutely destroyed. And, like, yeah, I feel like that's going to happen this year. LSU, like, there's some defensive weaknesses there, but nah, I don't know. That offense is just so ridiculous that they're just going to, I think, roll over a not-so-great Oklahoma defense. No matter how good Jalen Hurts and the Oklahoma yeah. offense will be. They, and they've kind of, when they play good teams, Oklahoma's offense kind of struggles. Like, they didn't, they're not as crazy as they were with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield when they were putting up 50, even against, like, Georgia. I, I don't remember how much they put up in, exactly, but 40 or 50 in that Rose Bowl game against Georgia, Georgia when they had Baker. And they're not really putting up those numbers. Even though Jalen, obviously, is a great player, he's not, he's not really putting up. He slowed down in the second half. Yeah, and fun storyline, Jalen Hurts making the playoffs in Alabama not. <laughs> yeah, although even fun more thing. fun storyline would have been Jalen Hurts versus Bama in, yeah, in a playoff game. But yeah. alas, you know, can't have alas. everything. What and it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One thing that was nice this year was that it was, like, honestly the most clear-cut college football playoff there's ever been. Like, there, were, like, there was no doubt who was going to make it. You had three undefeated teams, yep. and then... You had uh, only one one loss Power Five yeah. champion outside of that, which is Oklahoma. So like, it picked itself for the committee. I mean, you know, maybe the Memphises of the world or the <laughs> Boise States of the world or the Appalachian States of the world, the twelve and one group of five composition should get a little more love. But I don't know. Like from the committee's perspective, looking because this is just basically an invitational for teams from the Power Five conferences, like. It's easy picking the undefeated teams and then the one, the singular one-loss conference champion. Yeah. We could have had a very interesting, uh, like, mm-hmm. final four-team debate uh, given different outcomes last week. Like, if Georgia won, if the Utes mm-hmm. won, you know, we could have had some serious discussions. Uh, but at the end of the day, everything worked out to make it as easy as possible for the committee. Like, there was, yeah, yeah as you said, there was no choice. <laughs> and And all the teams that made it were in the top six of the preseason poll so none of them are really surprises they didn't come out of nowhere like lsu who's one was six ohio state five oklahoma four and clemson was one so one thing i will say about clemson that Dabo sweeney actually was had a good point on is he was like we're the first team i, I don't know i didn't fact check him but we're the first oh, no. team to start so on- he's wrong is he wrong? <laughs> it, it literally, it literally happened five years ago in 2014 <laughs> for for Florida State in the first college football playoff. Florida oh, State right. started that year ranked number one, and then they dropped to number three. Who are yeah. Davos sources? God, yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it is funny though that they go, they they won every game, they won their conference championship, and they go to and they get dropped to three. Yeah, 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 it yeah. It definitely is, funny. yeah. I don't think they really have a case, though, for anything other than three, though, at this point. Like, yeah. they've been very loudly complaining about it all. But it's, I mean, it's just circumstance of the season. I mean, uh, I don't think anyone would have an issue with Clemson being one if there weren't two other undefeated teams. But just given strength of schedule, like, there's there's no discussion there. Like, Clemson yeah. didn't do itself any favors. I mean, they obviously blew pretty much everyone out. But, I mean, who were they blowing out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And 23rd ranked Virginia. Exactly. Dabo Sweeney is one of those guys though that's like where he he's one of those guys where it's like where the the championship runs through Clemson. You know what I mean? Like when Tristan Thompson was like 
uh, championship star runs for Cleveland, and they were like one and eight or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Davos can use whatever he can to yeah <laughs> to motivate to find some yeah. I think for that reason, Clemson's gonna win it all, man. That's my that's my pick. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think Clemson has some serious motivation, like a serious chip on their shoulder. Again, unjustified in my opinion, but they seem like they do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like. Maybe it's just, like, all the media talk about them, like, I don't know, not being as good as LSU or Ohio State, and then the battle for number one between LSU and Ohio State. But I gotta believe it's gotta be either LSU or Ohio State. I've said previously that Ohio State this year has just murdered, like, relentlessly, like, just executed any of their opponents this past year. And I'm not gonna run through the stats again, but they've had monumental wins against good teams throughout the year. I mean, they slipped up a little bit, in the first half this week against Wisconsin, but just came, like, storming back and still won by 13, despite being down big at halftime. And I know LSU has better quality wins over Bama and Auburn and Florida and all them, but I don't know. The relentlessness of Ohio, of Ohio State this year makes me think that they're going to be the ones to win it all. It's a good pick. I think, I think too, the conference championship, um, going down in the conference championship helps them out. People have said this on other airways too that now they get they actually face some adversity and like had to pull together like a win rather than just blowing out everybody will help them out. Yeah. Do you think if Ohio State had like had a typically dominant week against Wisconsin, like the first time they played Wisconsin, they absolutely destroyed them. If they had the similar thing, would they be the one seed right now? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that side of weakness versus LSU, like, trouncing Georgia in the conference championship gave them the slight edge. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been interesting if they both destroyed – I mean, LSU obviously actually got it done. If they had both destroyed their opponents, it would have been interesting to see. I mean, they probably would have just kept it with Ohio State just to – you know, nothing had changed. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's that is a big difference playing Oklahoma versus Clemson, though. That's – that does kind of hurt. I, I agree with the adversity thing. I think that's that's good for a team that really hasn't, you know, had any this year at all. Um, but but yeah, Clemson's just so dangerous that yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. So who's your pick, Aiden? I definitely think it's going to be a Clemson LSU final. Um, I'd give the edge to LSU just because it feels like kind of their year. Like this is just felt like kind of a special season, and Joe Burrow is just ridiculous. Um, but but honestly, I, I can't say that with too much confidence. I think if you played this out like a couple times, I think each of them, each of the top three teams would get a third of it, um, honestly. So uh, and maybe Oklahoma would get one out of like, you know, 200 or something. But um, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I really I do not have any um, sure thing pick here. Well, I'm going to play back the recordings when it when it comes time so that we can see who's right. When Oklahoma, win. yeah. <laughs> when Oklahoma <laughs> when, wins, yeah. When Oklahoma yeah. wins, yeah. That's going to hurt. <laughs> I just think it's funny, the betting odds. If you read the, the betting odds. Um, so, um, the betting odds, looking at the betting odds, I think are funny. So, LSU is plus 140. Clemson is plus 200. Ohio State is plus 300. And Oklahoma is plus 1,600. Like, it is no, <laughs> And it's funny. Um, this article that I'm looking at, 
At the beginning of the year, Oklahoma was plus 1,400 to win the championship. Wow. And now that they're actually in the playoffs, their odds are longer. <laughs> like, <laughs> I believe that they have less of a shot of winning the championship. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have a like tough road. They have a tough road. <laughs> yeah. The LSU and then either Ohio State Clemson is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as we alluded to earlier, I mean – the top three blew out teams all year. Oklahoma, like, I mean, they're, you know, 11-1, and one, but it's it could have been very different. You know, they had close games against a ton of teams. So, yeah, it's that makes sense. Yeah. They, yeah. They what, would have been a, what would have been a wild scenario in retrospect was if Oklahoma had lost that close game to Iowa State where they only won by one point, and there would have been three undefeated teams and then almost certainly a two-loss team. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, like, know who they would have gone with. Probably Georgia, but I don't Which know. is funny Maybe that Oregon. Georgia is still, yeah, is, <laughs> like, could have lost that yeah. game. And yeah, yeah, but, I mean, there's still five after that loss, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So with this year being so clear-cut, the top four being so clear-cut, I think this year is pretty good proof that uh, a four-team playoff is the correct number. Um, I mean, when you look at the when you look at the field, the other teams would have just would not have belonged this year. Um, so you look at Georgia. So Georgia, if we if it was an eight-team playoff or even a six-team playoff, Georgia who lost their who lost their last game of the season still makes it into the playoff. I think that's kind of interesting. Baylor and Wisconsin who also both lost their last game of the season somehow make it into the playoff. I, I think these kind of years would show that an, an eight-team playoff is just kind of ridiculous. Why does LSU have to waste their time playing Wisconsin? You know what I mean? I think yeah, just because I mean, it's... Oh, go ahead, Aiden. Yeah, I'll let you go. No, I mean, I think it's a very <laughs> year-dependent thing, right? I mean, if we, we look at past years, there's been a little more parity, a little more like, uh, you know, a seven-seed could beat a two-seed. You know, like, there have definitely been cases of that before. Or just a chance to give a team like UCF or just some, you know, group of five team a shot. Like, that kind of thing. Like, that's been a significant scenario in past years. And that's not this year. I agree that this year the four-team playoff looks really good. You know, a three-team playoff might have looked good, too. So I think it's an extremely year-dependent thing. So if we if we look at this year... I, I hate to agree with you, Jared, but but you're right. This is the year for the four-team playoff. It looks great. You know, it's you know it might be too many teams this year. Um, but <laughs> if we look at past years, it's it's not always that way, right? Sometimes we have more parity. Sometimes we have a group of five team that we want to see kind of sneak in and see what they can actually do, give them a chance. Like, I think there are definitely years where we can see, like, a seven versus a two be a competitive game or a six versus a three. This year is not necessarily that year, um, and so I, th- I think it worked out this year. I don't think it's it should be like the you know deafening blow to discussions for the a sixteen playoff or an eighteen playoff. Yeah, I mean I tend to agree as well. I think it's just like looking at this year, sure it works, but then like looking at the NFL this year, if you're using the same argument, should like they cut out the NFC East permanently because they have a bad division champion this year? Like no, I mean playoffs exist in a structure for a reason the nfl's is like pretty good in that each division winner gets a spot and then the two other teams with the best record get it um i think that gives an opportunity to prove winning even if some of the times the conference winners aren't great 
And I think college football could benefit from a similar system in which, like, maybe you have the Power Five conference winners all get an automatic bid, and then you take the three other, like, at-large teams to make an 18 playoff that way. There's some objective measure of who gets in through a conference championship, and then it allows the opportunity for a Notre Dame, a UCF, a Memphis, or someone like that to make their case known without necessarily coming at the expense of a Power Five conference person. But also those three at-large spots don't have to go to those teams if there's, like, like I think Georgia making the playoff this year could create a compelling game and a compelling case. Um, Baylor, you saw, played Oklahoma tight. I think that could be a good playoff game. And I think a system like that offers more objectivity than just four teams. And this year it happened to work out that there were, like, clearly four teams that should compete for the championship. But like we said before, there are lots of years where, like, the five, six team would have just as compelling case as any and doesn't make it. Yeah, I like the idea of the conference champion automatically gets in because, I mean, that gives more meaning to some of the conference championship games and especially in like Oregon's case or something like that like do I know, do I think that Oregon necessarily could compete with you know the teams in this year's playoff not really but I think that would then add why should some they excitement be in? then why should they be in Aiden I think it would add more excitement to the actual conference championship game and I think that depend. I think generally if you're looking at the the champion of one of the you know the power five they're going to be a competitive team you know, it's you're not going to get, you know, like even the ACC this year. I mean, like you're stuck with UVA playing Clemson, but, you know, the the trash team isn't going to win. There's generally going to be at least one legit team from each conference. So I think that gives more meaning to the conference championship. And, you know, if the one versus eight is a blowout, then so be it. The one is good. I don't think that, you know, that should be an argument for not having it all when you're still going to get some pretty serious matchups and maybe even some, you know, lower seated teams having a run towards the end of the season. Which I, I understand uh, the, the argument that it's, you need to give a power, uh, an, a group of five team, a shot. Mm-hmm. I understand that if they go undefeated, I, I like understand that once you expand it to eight, those nine and ten teams are going to be like, we, well, we should, you know, like, where's the line going to, where are you going to draw the line? Well, because the one thing, so this is what I'll say. The thing that I like about college football is that every game matters. Mm-hmm. And if you lose three games, I don't think you sh- I don't think you should be competing for a championship that year in college football. Because it's not the same game as the NFL or the NBA or college basketball. I think college basketball is great because of that reason a 16 seed can beat a number one seed. But I don't think it should be that way in college football. I like that that's this sport's different, and that every game does matter, and um, yeah. and I don't yeah. think that if you don't you know if you if you lose the last game of the season you still get in that just seems weird. You have three losses you get in that seems weird to me. Yeah, and I, I think, mean, I think I think yeah. if you look at it a lot of years like it, it like if there was an eighteen playoff then ten and three Auburn would have made it in twenty seventeen who lo- who then lost to UCF you know so I don't know if I just don't know how. Most years, I don't know how interesting it actually would be. That's well, just my the, opinion. I think that the thing is like UCF oh, matchup and the fact that UCF won that bowl game is, you know, it, whether we have an 18 playoff or not, like how exciting it would be would depend on the committee and whether they're willing to give those last couple spots to teams that, you know, may have a better record but haven't, you know, don't play in the SEC. You know, like, I agree that a team with three losses shouldn't be making the playoffs. So, like, this year, for example, if Wisconsin were in the playoff, that would feel kind of weird. Like, I I, I don't mm-hmm. think that would be compelling to have a team. I think I agree that it would not uh, make every game matter. 
if a team with three losses is making it. But if we give those spots to teams that, you know, are 11 and one or at least 10 and two, like, I think that that still keeps the every game matters piece of it mm-hmm. uh, while allowing us You're to, right. you know, have some, some interesting matchups and, and the whole every game matters thing can be turned the other way too for, you know, for a group of five team, every game doesn't matter if they're going to go 12 and zero and not get anywhere, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that just makes the whole thing kind of, kind of pointless. So you have to, you'd have to have fun, some kind of balance there if you did have a an eighteen playoff. Okay. Yeah, two points. One building off what Aiden said about like every game doesn't matter for a power five, or for sorry a group of five team if they can go undefeated and not make the playoff. Like, what is the point genuinely in like a Memphis or a UCF like ever com- actually competing in Division One football because they will never actually win a championship under the current system. Like, why should they play into this system in which? There is no chance that they ever make it. And I think the 18 playoff, even though there's still some subjectivity there, gives the chance that, like, you can make your way into a playoff and prove that you're just as good as everybody else. But now, even if, like, you prove that you're just as good as everybody else, like when UCF beat Auburn however many years back, it's like, cool, you, you, you won the Peach Bowl, like, pat on the back, but there's no chance you ever, like, win the championship. And, I don't know, that's frustrating. I think the 18 playoff gives more of the opportunity for that. Second point, sort of playing off the every game matters thing, but, like, one of the things that's frustrating about it only being four teams is, like, you know you're out if you slip up pretty much once, essentially, which, like, I realize that, like, you take care of business, you win all your games, fine, you should make it. But, like, I don't know, when Notre Dame lost to Georgia this year, I'm like, well, they're not making the playoff. And, like, as diehard of a fan... That's not true, though. That, they weren't out after that point. Notre Dame, in 11-1, Notre Dame would never have made it. Um, well, Notre Dame I had... Mean, in this year, but the year that... Um, in 20, the first year, we pro- we had a case in 20, uh, 2015. We had a case. If we, yeah. If we would have beat Stanford, you know. But I don't think they would have put us in. I think the fact that Notre Dame isn't in a conference automatically removes any 11-1 season from the conversation pretty much which I don't think is necessarily right, but I think in the eyes of the committee, that's how they see it, is that, like, to get into the the um, the championship or to get into the playoff, Notre Dame essentially needs to go undefeated, even though I don't necessarily agree with that logic. That seems to be how they see it, which is frustrating, but, like, especially when, I don't know, I would argue them going 11-1 and with a win against either Georgia or Michigan is more impressive than Clemson's undefeated season against a bunch of nobodies but like i think it's frustrating that like in some case um in some cases like an 18 playoff would give you more of an opportunity to slip up once and still make the playoff you know and i'm saying i don't like that (laughs) i'm saying i don't like that you can slip up and make it in well the problem comes when it's hard to make it in to to the top four it's hard well they're reaching the point where every team does slip up a little. I mean, this year, like, we've got three undefeated, but a lot of years mm-hmm. we're just judging between a lot of, you know, 12-1 and one teams or, you know, maybe even some 11-2 and two teams. So then it gets really subjective, right? So I agree that, like, if there are four undefeated teams and everyone else, like, has a loss, then those four teams deserve to be the ones, you know, duking it out to play. But when you have a year where there are a bunch of, you know, 12-1 and one teams or a bunch of 11-2 and two towards the bet, like, then they're going to end up choosing... And you're not always going to give everyone a fair shot. And I think my last point, when we talk about March Madness, like we love March Madness, obviously. Um, 
but we've never given the reason why like we don't see that in football like we've never even given the chance of a you know a one seed playing an eight seed kind of thing like I don't Mm -hmm. think I think basketball like I think March Madness is inherently different in that you know uh, I think it's easier for a you know a three seed there to lose to a 14 seed um, in a one-off game of basketball um, as opposed to you know Ohio State playing someone way back in the you know in the AAC but I think to at least have you know a one versus eight that's not a an incredible difference but it would still provide a a chance for that kind of exciting cinderella story you know and we just haven't really given that a shot in in college football to this point i would rather i would rather than to your points about power five conference uh or group of five conference champions i would rather realign the conferences than than do an a-team playoff personally or or somehow make them not as like rigid or archaic i guess because i i I just i still just go back to i think it should be hard to make it in and i think it's fun like how how uninteresting is it this year that it's easy for them to pick the top four i think it's more fun when it's like who's going to be that fourth team and then there's three candidates for it i think it's way more fun that way where i think where i think if you have a nine and ten that's trying to squeak in for the eight spots not like no one cares about the last one in first one out um stuff in March Madness. Like that's yes, they do. There's a no, whole segment don't. on it every single year. There's a whole segment that, on it every single year. That doesn't mean it's interesting, though. Would they not <laughs> do a segment on it, though, if it weren't interesting? They always have, like, it's on all the March Madness sites. Yeah, they what, do. They're name, always like, who's the last Lucas, four in? Who's Lucas, the... you can fact check me, check me on this. Name a team that, uh, name a time that the last one in made it, made it to, like, did something. Made it to the final four. 2016 Syracuse, I'm fact-checking this right now, was one of the last four teams in and made the final um, made the final four. Yeah, Syracuse was a uh, 10 seed, one of the last four teams in, made the final four, 2016. All right, I'm eating my words about, about them. I'm eating my words about them. He's going to cut about, this, yeah. I, I will eat my words that, okay, they haven't, that a team... Um, hasn't done anything if they were the last one in, but I, I, I still don't think it's interesting though. It's not it's not as interesting as who's gonna get who's gonna be the fourth team in the college football playoff. I, that I'm definitely I'm standing by for sure. And then yep. But also I, I, what I would say also what I would say is that college athletics in general aren't fair because teams have more money. Certain teams have more money, more brand recognition. You're never gonna come up with a fair system anyway. Is what I'm gonna say. To be cynical. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of money, they're never going to be even. That is 100% true. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have to unlevel everything for that reason. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. the committee is something, or the college football playoff, like, is something that we could try and at least, you know, make up for that unevenness a little, or by, you know, considering teams that don't have the name recognition of, you know, of Bama or um, any of the Power 5 teams. So, mm-hmm. like, I agree that it will it will never be level, but we shouldn't just, for that reason, say, like, it doesn't matter, you know, like... Right. I hear you. You guys have made great points, but you haven't changed my mind. <laughs> fair. <Okay>. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> We've tried before. We'll try again, but... <laughs> uh, Realign the conferences. Com- conferences, yeah. conferences are just so, like, archaic and... um, It's like a regional thing, you know what I mean? It's like a an old regional thing not like yeah and, be, and they're just now becoming big things no i agree I that's 
I think that structure is a, is a little outdated given that they're so clearly unequal. I mean, we call one of them power five and the other group of five. Like, yeah. It's clear that, you know, one is special and one's not. Um, but I think in terms of the regional, the regionality of it, if that's a word, um, mm-hmm. I think is what kind of excites people, right? Is that you're going to have those, mm-hmm. those rivalries and they're, you know, you're going to play them every year because generally, yeah. again, there are exceptions to this. Um, you're going to get, you know, teams in the same region in, you know, the same conference and then they'll develop those, you know, special rivalries that are either in state or, you know, relatively close by and, you know, there's something about those games that you don't necessarily want to lose. Um, yeah. And do they have to be tied to a conference? I don't know. Um, but I do think there is something fun about having a conference championship at the end of a year, even though at the moment yeah. it doesn't necessarily, like, obviously it helps a team if they're trying to get into the college football playoff, but it doesn't have, like, a concrete purpose, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think it also comes from me as a Notre Dame fan who d- yeah. who doesn't play in a conference. I, I, I definitely have a bias there. And I yeah, don't know, maybe yeah. maybe Oregon and Wisconsin are super excited to be playing in the Rose Bowl right now. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, they, they might be. Yeah, I don't that's really fair. know. Hey, of, uh, of all the bowls, you know. Of all, of all the bowls, bowl, that's the coolest. You know? <laughs> that is it would be interesting if there was a way, though, to do it where it wasn't tied to a conference somehow. I 100% Just, agree. Like, as long as we have the bowl system, I think it's stupid that they're tied to conferences. I mm-hmm. don't, like, I don't know if there's a good reason for that. Like, you're just going to end up getting the same teams in a lot of those bowls. And it costs a lot more for Notre Dame to lose a game or two than in that case um, than it yeah. does for Oregon, you know? Yeah. Or Virginia, true. you know? like. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying is Virginia, who just lost in their conference champion is go- championship, is going to a New Year's Six Bowl. Right. Kind of just... makes no sense. But... <laughs> no, agreed. <laughs> But, and they're like 20, what's their ranking? They're 24th right now. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, they'd probably be lower if they weren't going to, you know, a New Year's Six Bowl. Like, I feel like we're just, like, they're just put there so that they can at least somewhat justify it. But, mm. I mean, they've they've really played no one. They got absolutely destroyed by Clemson. I yeah. mean, it, there's, there's not a lot there for UVA. They won the games they were supposed to, but we all know the ACC isn't has had better days uh, anyway yeah all right let's go into our bowl previews now um lucas why don't we have you start then with uh, uh an intriguing bowl matchup for you yeah okay so the bowl i chose to preview uh today and the one i think is probably the most intriguing matchup is the cotton bowl between memphis and penn state uh for a lot of reasons first off because the group of five near six game is always one of the most interesting ones in my mind because provides the opportunity for that group of five team to prove themselves against a power five opponent. You see it can work out really great, like for UCF beating Auburn, like we've talked about before in 2017-2018, finishing that 13-0 season that they had. Um, and for that reason, I think it's a really compelling matchup. But for Penn State, on the other hand, it's sort of a lose-lose situation. If they win, it's not a big deal. It's like, oh, you beat the team you were supposed to. But if they lose, people will get on them for losing to a group of five opponent. But I think it'll be a really good matchup. Mike Norvell, as we've seen, uh, is a great coach for Memphis, taking the job at Florida State coming up soon. Um, they've had a great season, only one loss, close to Temple in a controversial fashion. And Penn State, um, as much as my upbringing in Pennsylvania turned me off to them in some ways, 
I think they're still a really solid football team. They um, only lost to Ohio State by 11, their closest game all year, Ohio State's. They have wins against Michigan and Iowa and some other solid teams. There was that slip-up against Minnesota, but even Minnesota proved out to be a really good team this year, finishing 18 in the final college football rankings. Um, and they have a lot of good big wins, too. So I think it's a compelling matchup between a good, not great Power 5 team in Penn State and a group of five team in Memphis. I think it'll be close, but I'd love to see Memphis prove themselves in the group of five as legitimate contenders in the Cotton Bowl. I like that matchup. So I was also pretty interested in the Cotton Bowl to, to see what Memphis can really do. Uh, but Lucas got dibs on that one. So I'm going to I'm gonna look at two other bowls that I think will be really interesting matchups, starting with the Outback Bowl, where we've got kind of an underdog in Minnesota uh, versus a, a classic SEC powerhouse in, in Auburn. And uh, starting with Minnesota, they had a, a really surprising year. You know, a traditionally bad football program. P.J. Fleck is kind of turning them around, making them into something that people are talking about started 9 and 0 and again it was it was a bit of an easy schedule up until that point but they uh that all culminated in a win against Penn State a, a huge win and uh the last couple weeks were a little difficult they definitely had a backloaded schedule playing some tough teams in in Iowa and Wisconsin and they really struggled with Wisconsin but uh this game will really be a chance for them to show if they can really keep up with the the upper tier of of college football um and if we look at Auburn they had a you know kind of their classic year at this point uh, they played teams really hard, really close, but just couldn't quite uh, crack the playoff or, or even like the, uh, the the top tier of teams. They still struggle uh, to to actually pull out victories against uh, against the big names. And, and this year, I think it was Florida, Georgia, uh, and LSU kind of kind of did them in. But still, a, obviously, a great football team. Uh, so this would be a, a big one for Minnesota if they can keep up. And the other one I'm going to profile. Uh, it's kind of an obvious one if we look at the Citrus Bowl, which is between uh, Michigan and Bama. And, you know, didn't really see these teams, especially Bama, not being in a, a New Year's Six Bowl this year. Uh, but that's just how things kind of played out. And so um, still still both had, you know, solid seasons. Michigan started out off a little rough, you know, uh, struggled initially, uh, but kind of closed pretty well, had a, had a pretty dominant win against our Irish and, uh, you know, struggled in the in the second half against OSU last week, but still kept up with them for a little while. Uh, so they're they're definitely a strong team. Uh, and they'll get to face off of against Bama, who's, you know, got a bit of a bit of a chip on their shoulder at this point. You know, this is the toughest season they've had in a, in a couple of years. They lost Tua, um, and they've, you know, didn't crack the playoff. And so it'll be interesting to see. Um, if they can kind of show up and, and show that they're they're still Bama in this game, and kind of an, another interesting storyline here is that Jim Harbaugh's you know facing some some flack for the fact that you know he keeps losing to to OSU. Uh, that's kind of the the big team that Michigan's playing each year, and he just hasn't beat him. Uh, so this would be a chance for for Harbaugh to really kind of shut up the talk for a little while, because you know a win over Bama is, is a statement win and shows that you know Michigan shows up. Um, and, you know, can play tough games. Uh, so, so yeah, I think this will be an interesting one. Yeah, I think, like you said, it will be interesting for Harbaugh to have an opportunity to redeem his season. Because I think beating Alabama, a Nick Saban Alabama team, is a would be a good um, cap to the season. Um, I also will be interested to see how, if, if Alabama is going to be extremely pissed off, like coming off a loss like they usually are, or if it's because it's a meaningless bowl game 
that a lot of players are going to sit out um, for the draft for draft reasons, things like yep, that. They're def- oh, go ahead. No, you're good. Yeah, it's it could go one of two ways. The uh, Bama Michigan game, if you know Bama could come out, you know, kind of pissed and and really make a showing, or this not being the you know playoff game they have come to expect, they could just kind of be like, why does this matter? Um, so it'll be interesting to see which which version shows up. Yeah. So my my bowl that I wanted to preview is the 2019 Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl uh, between the Washington Huskies and the Boise State Broncos. Um, a lot of headlines in this story. First being it's played in Las Vegas, um, which <laughs> lots of opportunities for the players to have extracurricular fun. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Coach Peterson, though, the first the first uh, thing that he said about this bowl was he, he was excited to go to Las Vegas. So that, I think that's funny. But obviously, um, Coach Peterson having his last game uh, at Washington be against his former team that made him famous in Boise State, I think will be really interesting. Boise State's um, coach was the offensive coordinator when Peterson was there, Brian Harson. I hope I'm saying your name right, Brian, if you're listening. Um, and Boise State had a pretty good season. Their one loss was a close loss to BYU. Um, ended up winning their conference. They're 12-1, and um, and they're ranked. So they're, they might be feeling a little disrespected going against a 7-5 and Huskies team who – it's interesting for the Huskies too because they they started off the AP preseason rankings at 13, and now the, and then they lost five games in conference and it'll be interesting to see. They still have some athletes. I think both teams can score. I hope there's a lot of fun trick plays, and I think we could definitely see trick plays <laughs> from both sides. Um, so I'll be interested to see how that how that game plays out. That'll definitely be one before Christmas yeah. too. That that I'll be watching. Would love to see a, a good Statue of Liberty from uh, from Boise State. You know, some some throwback trick plays. Um, but that would be cool. But yeah, to win. Yeah, the game. No, exactly. <laughs> um, but I yeah, I agree on all your points. I think that um, Chris Peterson going back, um, or at least playing Boise State in his kind of last game for the moment. There's something kind of poetic about it. Uh, that's an intriguing storyline on its own. Uh, I think besides that, though, it's still an intriguing matchup, and in that you've got. You know Boise State, who's quietly twelve and one, right? I'm conference champs, as you mentioned, yeah. like uh, was kind of flying under the radar as as they do. Uh, but even I feel like more so now that they're not the um, they were known for this, right? You know, eight nine years ago, uh, but they've been a little quieter recently. Um, and so so they're clearly back, um, clearly a, a group of five team that you know comes to play. Um, and then you've got the Huskies, who you know had a had a tough season and. You know, they're they're probably better than their record shows. You know, pretty much they didn't have a lot of close wins, um, but they had a lot of close losses um, and some some pretty good losses against, you know, Oregon and Utah. Uh, so probably, you know, not a team that shows up, not a seven and five team that shows up that you're just going to steamroll over. Uh, so it'll again, it'll be an interesting kind of uh, yard marker of the difference between a, a seven and five, you know, power five team. And a, a twelve and one group of five team. Like, how different are those teams? And uh, um, it'll probably be a good one. So I'm, I'm excited. And again, before Christmas. Yeah, you, I'm thinking yeah. that might be. You yeah. don't get a lot of good. Bowl I'm thinking games. it might yeah. be one of the yeah. better games. Yeah, 
especially yeah. before Christmas, you don't get a lot of good bowl games. So that's, <laughs> you know, that'll yeah, tide us over true. until, you know, playoff season. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, all right. I think that's all yeah. the time we have for this episode. Thank you all for listening. Um, it was great having Aiden join us this time. Yeah, made it. Obviously, great having Lucas as as usual. And I hope we'll have him. I hope we'll have Aiden back. And um, stay tuned for uh, next podcast when we'll do a full prediction slate for all the bowls and get and dive into that a little bit more. Yep. And um, but have a have a good holiday season, everyone. And thank you for listening.